0: Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. We are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society. This podcast aims to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. Let's get started. If you've been part of any United Methodist Church for just a few months, you'll have heard the name John Wesley. Spend a little more time in the United Methodist Church, and you'll hear some of his beliefs on grace in small groups. Growing up in Christian schools, I clearly remember learning about John Wesley, but it always sounded like he just woke up one day and decided to create a new denomination. Even Googling his name added to this perception. For this series, it makes sense to start with him. However, to truly embark on this journey into what it means to be Methodist, I think it's important to not only know more about this important figurehead, but what was going on in the world before he was born. The majority of the early Methodist movement takes place in England, and it begins before John Wesley is even born. In the 1530s, we see King Henry VIII split the Church of England from the Roman Catholic Church. And after the split, disagreements rose on how Christians should behave, what salvation is, and to what extent the kings and queens should rule the church. From this point forward, the Church of England, led by whatever king or queen was at power, would sway between a more traditional view of Roman Catholicism to the more radical views of Protestantism. As a result of this split, interesting activities began taking place. During this time, we also see many subgroups in Christian writings being developed. Between 1530 and 1708, we see names like Lutherans, Calvinists, Puritans, Jacobites, Armenians, and as early as the 1670s, we hear the name Methodist, and surprisingly enough, it's used as an insult. There are many group names and slightly different beliefs, so I won't go into detail about them, but I want to elaborate on these original Methodists. At the time, many groups focused on good works and being a good person as the basis of their faith. However, Armenians believed that acceptance of God's grace was the true basis of faith. Many groups didn't agree with this concept, writing essays against it and calling the Armenians the New Methodists for their new methodical beliefs. Little did they know, this was only the beginning of this methodical movement. On June 17, 1703, John Wesley was born to Samuel and Susanna Wesley in Epworth, Lincolnshire, England, the 15th of 19 children. Susanna and Samuel both came from nonconformist families, those who didn't agree with the Church of England's doctrines. Susanna Wesley was primarily in charge of the children's education. Though she could not attend a university because women were not allowed to, Susanna had strong interest in learning and education, especially her belief that girls should be taught to read and write a belief that later influenced John's beliefs that women should lead in ministry. Through Samuel and Susanna, John and his brothers and sisters were raised on views that mixed faith and good works. Around the age of 10, John was sent off to the Carter House for formal education and then to Oxford University in 1720. Here, he began a pilgrimage in pursuit of real holiness and assurance of his salvation in order to reach the goals of the religious groups around him. Between 1724 and 1728, John Wesley received his baccalaureate and master's degrees, earned a paid fellowship at Lincoln College, and was ordained as a priest. Around 1729, he began meeting with William Morgan, Robert Kirkham, and his brother Charles for deeper study. And over time, the group grew and became known as the Holy Club, or the Methodist. And their studies grew from meeting together to going out to the community, visiting prisoners, providing food, clothing, and funds for the poor, and teaching children to read and write. Around the passing of his father, John Wesley was urged to go to the Georgia colonies as a missionary by his Oxford friend John Burton and Colonel James Oglethorpe. With some persuasion, Charles was also given holy orders to accompany his brother. On their journey to America, repeated storms caused John Wesley to again question his salvation when confronted with the fear of dying at sea. During this time, he meets German Moravians who introduce him to new biblical views. On February 6, 1736, the Wesley brothers safely arrive in Georgia, and they minister to the settlers and the neighboring Indians for almost two years. However, the ministry slowly falls apart. Between Wesley's strong standards, the colonists' reluctance to change, and bitterness spurred by incidents with Sophie Hockey and her husband— He is brought up on charges and is to be sent to court. Instead, Wesley skips bail and sails back to England. In his time away, Methodism had not only survived, it was starting to spread thanks to his associates. Upon his return in the early winter of 1738, a mixture of events influenced Wesley. Through more conversations with the German Moravians and studying Martin Luther's commentaries on Paul's letters to the Romans and Galatians, Wesley came to a new understanding of our faith. He notes that on May 24th, during a Moravian meeting, he had his spiritual awakening. Wesley adopted a more Moravian view of faith, where we are saved by faith alone, not by good works or simply being a good person. In the research I've done on Wesley, three things have stood out to me. The things that were central to his ministry. The first is his concept for our means of grace. Now, these will be talked about in greater detail later, but to summarize it, before we have any idea of who God is or how he is working in our lives, he is already showing us grace. Once we accept and repent through faith that God is our Savior, there is more grace. As we grow in our faith, God's grace continues to transform us and mold us. Now, in this transformation, we also come to this idea of Christian perfection. And I love this idea because it doesn't match with our immediate idea of perfection. Apparently, the New Testament word for perfection is translated from a Greek word, meaning maturity or completion. Christian perfection, for Wesley, starts internally with our faith and grows with our relationship with God, and slowly works outward into selfless, loving action. And lastly, there is his belief in the power of societies or bands, which are similar to our small groups of the modern age. Wesley's belief was that these groups would allow individuals to not only grow in their faith, but hold each other accountable. I also wanna make it clear that there were different types of groups called societies and meetings and bands, etc. but the overall goal of each group was for people to grow and be held accountable. The rest of John Wesley's life built on these three principles. He spread the good news of salvation by faith throughout England, Over time, the congregations of the Church of England began closing their doors to him, and at the suggestion of his longtime friend George Whitfield, he went out to the masses, preaching in fields or wherever he was offered a place to speak, which he was, we'll say, maybe hesitant at first, but he loved how it was able to help his ministry grow. Due to this, Methodism spread to those throughout England, and more societies and bands were created, and in response, Wesley developed the laity, non-ordained Christians who helped carry out the church's duties, to help with preaching and administering the Methodist societies. It's also said that during this time, Wesley published well over 300 works. Among his most popular are Sermons on Several Occasions, The Methodist Standards, 44 Sermons, and the Journals of John Wesley, and one of the best-selling medical books of all time, Primitive Physic. Over 200 years later, we still see Wesley's influence. The cornerstone of our belief is that we are saved by God's boundless grace, and after accepting God as our Savior, we are to grow in our relationship with him and over time reflect the love he has shown us to others. Today, when we Google the name John Wesley, the word we see associated with his name is grace. After Methodism, of course. In my opinion, John Wesley's concept on Christian perfection or our growth and maturity in Christ stands out to me more than anything else. It stands out to me because not only does it shun our idea of perfection, but it means that growth is an ongoing process that we follow all our lives. This principle reflects how John Wesley lived his life and how our lives should be an ongoing pursuit of a relationship with God. Not one that is pure, not one without fault or mistakes, not one solely built on good works, but one that shows a true, earnest desire to worship and mature with Christ at the center. To wrap things up, while this may not be an in-depth review of John Wesley, it does shed a decent amount of light on Methodism. There are so many things that could be said about the development of Methodism that a person could spend a year on the subject and still not get to everything because there are so many subsets that have a hand in what Methodism is. The purpose of this first episode was to really highlight what was going on before John Wesley was born and how his search for understanding led to the church we know today. Another important part of Wesley's core beliefs are his breakdown of grace, which will be talked about in greater detail in the next episode and throughout the series. If you would like to learn more and do some research of your own, attached in the summary for this episode are links to the sources used in making this episode and forming the series mainly John Wesley's Encyclopedia Britannica page, an article on Wesleyan holiness theology from Asbury University, and Richard P. Hayton Raider's book, Wesley and the People Called Methodist. In the meantime, if you haven't already, join the Grove Facebook group. It's a great way to connect with others in our church family and join us on Sunday mornings online or in person at Summer Lake Elementary at 1030. And with that...